0: all
1: right well a good night to tune in no doubt about it you know what's happening this week racing opens at delmar and saratoga you gotta have your head on a swivel If you're at a track or an OTV parlor, checking out uh, those two signals, uh, the quality, the class, the competition, it's just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, So uh, Del Mar has already kicked off. Saratoga is ready to open their gates. And because so, our second guest and guest handicapper will be none other than award-winning writer Tom Law. As you know, Tom is uh, one of the triumvirate that heads up the Saratoga Special with Joe and Sean Clancy. Uh, If you are not on their email list, please do. Uh, These guys assemble a whole team every year and have people on the backstretch before the sun comes up and well after the sun goes down. So Tom's going to be with us, kind of telling us what he's seen already from Saratoga, what some of the expectations are, and uh, we're also going to handicap some of the races, uh, starting with the Friday card. Um, We've got uh, the two-year-old girls going to post in the Schuylerville, and then hopefully the weather's good up there. We're going to go on the grass in the grade three Lake George and then off the Saturday card, uh, we're going to look at the Grade 3 Sanford Stakes, a race I was at many, many years ago to watch Affirmed and Steve Cawthon win. And then going on the weeds at Saratoga on Saturday, in the half-a-million-dollar Grade 1 Diana Look who's in the field, Lady Eli. She's four to five. But remember when Steve Pearson was on the show a couple weeks ago, he gave us his horse by the name of Antone, who went off at better than three to one, won the just a game. We'll get Tom's opinion on whether or not there could be an upset Bruin. As you know, Saratoga, the graveyard of champions. Well, Saratoga is also going to be home for one year now of the Tony Leonard collection you've heard me speak of tony over the years he uh to horse racing is what ansel adams was to outdoor photography uh tony is going to uh have a show obviously tony passed away in 2012 when he was 89 but uh the guy that kind of quarterbacked the uh team that bought Tony's work is Bobby Shifflett. Uh He's become a personal friend over the years. And uh, Bobby uh, personally went up there and met with the people at Saratoga, you know, because Tony did so much work, you just have no idea <laughs> uh, how much uh, he has discovered. So we're going to talk about Bobby and how he, you know, selected uh, the works uh, for exhibition at the Hall of Fame. So if you are Up at Saratoga, make sure you go to the Racing Museum and Hall of Fame. Uh, It's all part of your regular admission to see the Tony uh, Leonard display. So Bobby Shifflett, Tom Law, our two guests. Let's get to some of the money makers we had with our easy win forms last week. And uh, a, a good week at Laurel. Uh, and on the 16th, we had a 50-cent pick four that returned 4984 And on the same afternoon, this was three days ago, uh, we had a $1 pick three that paid $4,120. And two days before that at Laurel, a $1 super that paid 3512 So if you're in that neck of the woods, we're really cracking it pretty good right now. Of course, I had a good week at Mountaineer, too, uh, just uh, last night at $1 Super 5 that paid $4,700, and uh, on the 16th, a 50-cent Super High 5, go to winningponies.com. That Super High 5 paid $3,087. So go to winningponies.com, pull down the easy win forms because the good racing is really kicking into gear uh, right now. So uh, again, some of some of the highlights uh, that'll be uh, out at Del Mar would be the Osanuda Stakes. That's coming up tomorrow on Friday. And then on Saturday, you've got the Eddie Reed Stakes and the San Diego Handicap. We'll talk about a nice little horse that's in that race here just coming up in a minute. And then on Sunday, uh, out at Del Mar, you've got the San Clemente Handicap and the Wicker Stakes. Of course, uh, Saratoga, I already told you the races on Friday and Saturday, but let's not forget on Sunday, it is the Grade 1 Coaching Club American Oaks. Okay, San Diego Handicap showed my hand. Uh, guess who's going to be in there? Arrogate. The targets are clear for Judd Mott Farms Gray, gray Colt. Uh, Bob Baffert wants the four time Grade Group 1 winner to add two more top level wins to his resume in the August 19th TVG Pacific Classic and, of course, the Breeders' Cup Classic. Both of those races at Del Mar. So he will be starting this weekend. Uh, at Del Mar in the San Diego Handicap. Uh, Baffert says everything's been great so far. He's sitting on ready. And quite frankly, I looked at the field he's racing against, and uh, I don't want to call any race a walkover, but he'll be an awful heavy favorite. Uh, sad to say, we've been talking about Ben's cat over the months, uh, and now that he's been retired, and he's going to be a show horse, or not a show horse, but a showcase horse down on a farm in Kentucky. Well, he Contacted colic, and went under surgery. And uh, sad to say, uh, just two days ago, uh, he was euthanized for complications uh, during his recovery. I mean, uh, Ben's cat—what, what—an admired. A horse. He had a great fan base uh, there in Maryland. He saw him. He won 26 stakes at 63 lifetime starts, won over $2.6 million. Uh, he, he won a record six installments of the Mr. Diz Stakes and then won five editions of the Jim McKay Turf Sprint Stakes. I know this is absolutely breaking the heart of uh, uh, King Leatherberry and everybody else associated with the cat. So uh, we uh, certainly... Uh, bid Ben fond adieu. Well of course uh, I've already told you Saratoga is going to open. There's going to be 40 days of racing. It starts tomorrow and of course uh, don't forget we'll have the Diana Stakes and the Sanford Stakes on Saturday. We'll be talking about those with uh, Tom. Um, We've got uh, over 130 Three horses entered in Friday's races, uh, last year's uh, 40-day meet. Saw more than 1 million in purses awarded each day. So, you want to talk about class and quality, you're going to get it at Saratoga for sure. Now, the Travers Stakes, we've heard all so many horses are going to be pointing for the Travers. Put a ring around August 26th. They're also going to have five other Grade 1 races. Of course, that's where uh, Champion Arrogate began his incredible victory streak uh, when he set the record in the midsummer derby so saratoga off and running if you haven't been there don't go to your grave without saying i've been there so uh th- there's gonna be a lot of coverage for both delmar and saratoga uh, uh tvg will be having uh uh coverage uh plenty of it fox sport network in new york is going to have uh, saratoga live with the schuylerville and the lake george uh, uh uh, so keep an eye out on Fox Sports and TVG Network, and then of course our friends at Horse Racing Radio Network are going to be very busy, boys. So keep tuning into them. Of course, you can get them uh, either on Sirius Radio or right here on your computer. So, again, the Coaching Club American Oaks, we're not going to handicap that race. It is Sunday, but uh, it's going to be Abel Tasman, a horse that people thought was a fluke after winning the Kentucky Oaks, uh, but came back big time in the grade one acorn stakes last month to, pl- to prove that she is no fluke at all. So, uh, Abel Tasman, she is now going to, uh, to head into the Coaching Club American Oaks. It's a mile and a eight on the dirt so looks like the uh, the target will be on her back again uh, don't forget uh, also happening up at Saratoga already told you but I want to tell you again because such a good friend the Tony Leonard exhibition at the Racing Museum okay obviously Saratoga is open we closed out Belmont uh, Chad Brown won a second straight Belmont Park spring summer individual tighter while Jose Ortiz, he got his brother, posted two victories on the 16th closing day to clinch the riding title for a second straight year. And the leading owner, a gentleman by the name of Michael Dubb. So I'm sure all those people will be front and center in the Saratoga scene. Uh, Joel Rosario led earnings and picked up the Kent Stakes win. He got the jockey of the week title. Congratulations to him. If you wondered where Richie Migliori was going to land when he quietly disappeared from Naira, uh, he's joining XBTV's digital media team. It's headed up by the Stronach Group, and they announced that he has joined him and is going to start working right away. And I guess he's pretty much going to be based at the Saratoga meet with uh, daily updates and reviews. All right. Last week's results, Songbird. Yes, She got it done in the Delaware handicap, but it was not easy. Now, uh, $750,000, she really had to be uh, asked. About the eighth pole, it got a little scary, and Mike Smith even said, I had to get into her, but once I did, she let me know it was okay. She was getting a little tired. She's supposed to be. She's only run one time this year. Got it done. She's classy. She held on good. So uh, Songbird uh, did hold off uh, a big challenger, but uh, came home a winner again. They say it's a deep, tiring t- track, and it's uh, you know the ninth grade one victory for, for Songbird. All right, she's now won over $4.5 million. So a uh, mile and a quarter is probably not her best distance, but we're going to see uh, more from her. Well, uh, told you I was making the visit. Uh, Indiana Grand. Uh, we had uh, Byron King on with us last week. What a nice track. Boy. Uh, of all the Racinos I've been to, without a doubt, Indiana Grand in Shelbyville, just uh, southeast of Indianapolis, Beautiful place. It was packed. Attendance record, handle record. Uh, the two big races uh, started with the Indiana Oaks, 200,000. Billy Mott comes into town with a horse that's eligible for non-winners of two by the name of Overture, very uh, well-bred daughter of congrats, and uh, Julian Leperu in the saddle was very, very confidently ridden, now, overlooked uh, at the odds. The morning line odds were 12 to 1, but Overture looked great under the lights at Indiana Grand. In the second spot uh, was uh, Moppetism, who was sent away as the favorite of the Doug O'Neill trainee coming in after a game effort. In the uh, Sunland Oaks, the Summer Derby, I should say, at Santa Anita. And uh, in the third spot was the four, Majestic Quality. And then the Ohio Derby winner, who stayed in the Midwest, IRAP, got the job done in the Indiana Derby. I'll tell you what, he had to fight for it uh, against Girvin up in Thistledown. But he has shown a whole nother side to himself uh, now. Uh, was rated we had Mario Gutierrez was there so Julian Lepreau the only rider that had won aboard IRAP uh Mario Gutierrez uh got assigned of course he's Doug O'Neill's regular rider out west he was in Indiana anyhow uh held him back there in about fourth or fifth turning for home just let him go around the turn and IRAP was impressive and you may remember uh two or three weeks ago, we had John Court on with us and he started talking about a horse by the name of Colonel's Dark Temper that he'd been working that was heading to this race and said, man, he's going awful good for trainer Jenks Fires. Colonel's Dark Temper at nice odds got up for the second spot In third was Untrapped, who was third in the Ohio Derby. So uh, that's a look at the, the races we handicapped in some of the major races from last week. Just want to mention uh, that well, West Coast uh, won the Los Alamos, Alamitos Derby, and Baffert says he's my Travers horse. He's not going to be out west anymore. He's going to be heading east. So uh, that's a look at the, uh, the main races from last week. Sorry we had to leave a few off, but we run out of time here on Winning Ponies a lot. Anyhow, I uh, t- told you several times about the, uh, the Tony Leonard exhibition up at Saratoga. Don't want you to miss it. And we've got the guy that kind of quarterbacked the deal, Bobby Shiflet, is going to be with us here just in a minute or two after we take a break. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
0: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com From us. If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll free at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and
1: with me, I told you at the top of the show that Bobby Shiflet. Uh, would be joining us. Uh, Bobby has just been an amazingly key element in keeping alive the legacy of Tony Leonard. He worked very hard to make sure that uh, Tony's work was not piecemealed out uh, because it really is deserving uh, of being kept in one place for. Forever, as far as I'm concerned, and uh, Bobby's done a great job at that. They did a great job at putting together partners uh, to uh, to to get the, the Tony Leonard collection there. Uh, I will ask him uh, at the end of the interview where you can go to see the Tony Leonard collection if you want to. But uh, one thing Bobby's done is that he brought the uh, uh, a show up to the Racing Museum and Hall of Fame, uh, and it's being unveiled uh, this week. And he he has so many tens of thousands negatives and a lot of photos that people have never seen of Tony's. Uh, he tailored this down to kind of the, the, the New York scene a little bit more because that was where that's where those people are going to be w- looking at the photos. Bobby Shilet, thanks for pulling off from the uh, Holland Tunnel uh, to talk to us tonight.
2: Oh you're welcome, John. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on.
1: Well, yeah, I know. I know you were at one of my favorite places earlier in the day, Stockbridge, Mass. But you were up at Saratoga to make sure everything good. I know you you drove up there uh, personally. Uh, how does the show uh, look? I told people it's going to be up there for a year, and it's just a part of the general
2: admission; they don't have to pay extra to see the show. That is correct. Um, we drove up. Uh, me and my son drove up Sunday. You know, there were 46-frame pieces, and I told the people at the museum there, I said, look, this would be expensive to ship, and uh, I'll just drive them up. You know, and plus, if anything happened to them, you know, it opens this Friday. It would be, you know, we just didn't want to ship them up, actually. We just wanted to hand-deliver them, and I've not really spent that much time in Saratoga. So it was an opportunity for me to spend two or three days up there. And it's hung. I've seen it. It looks really good. Victoria, the curator at the museum, has done a great job putting this help put this thing together, and it is hung. And in fact, I think they were having a media uh, opening tonight.
1: That's great. That's great. Well, listen, Bobby. I know both you and I have had. Uh, personal experience with the great Tony Leonard, but the job you've done at preserving his work, my hat is off to you. You allowed me the chance to go down and see where I guess a friend of yours uh, in, in the bottom of a basement of a bank gave you a vault where it is, you know, perfect temperature and you, you hired a person full time to start scanning and cataloging uh, the photos. I mean, uh, that is just a huge undertaking.
2: Yeah, it's, 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 been, it's been a long road. It's been a long, strange trip, really. Um, yeah, it's Kentucky Bank has given us a vault in Paris, Kentucky, in a basement to store all these negatives and photographs. We, I think I may have told you the last time I was on the show, we think we probably have at least 500,000 negatives. Because wow. Tony, unlike most photographers, you know, a lot of photographers, they're a photographer on the weekends and the evenings. They have a day job, but Tony, that's all he did. So for 40 some, almost maybe 50 years, you know, he went out every day and shot. I mean, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable collection as you well know.
1: Well, and again, it wasn't all he did originally. For those listening, uh, Tony was a real showman. He had a fantastic voice. He was a singer, so he did a lot of travels. His wife said, look, as long as you're going around everywhere, here's a camera, start taking pictures. Started getting based in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, ran into uh, Leslie Combs at one of the clubs down there. Got invited to come out to Spendthrift Farm. And the, the rest is history. I mean, he pretty much... Uh, became the person that defined what a confirmation shot should look like.
2: He perfected it, I guess a lot of people say he didn't invent it, but he did perfect it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And you know, when I, I went down there before, I had a lot of different roles in racing and did a television spot on him. And I said, well, what's your goal? The confirmation shot. He said, I want every horse to look the same horses. won't look the same, but I want them all standing identically. So when a breeder comes to look, he's comparing apples to apples. He's looking for a big hip, a stronger neck, a longer fetlock. There it is. I'm not disguising anything, not hiding a hoof in high grass. Uh, that uh, by doing this perfectly, anybody that's breeding to th- these horses and these people have entrusted my work. Uh, to do their advertising, I want them all to look the same. And let me tell you, you can flip all the way, go back to an old thoroughbred record, and it's amazing. Uh, you know, you could take 50 pictures of his confirmation shots, and you'll hardly see one look different other than the color of the horse.
2: Yeah, he kind of, I guess a lot of people said he kind of standardized the confirmation shot. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, I, I would,
1: I would. But he also had certain techniques that, uh, as I Got to know him better. He had me come along in some shoots and uh, showed me little tricks of the trade. He had a little tape recorder on his belt with the sound of some mares whinnying. So when he wanted to get a horse's neck to come up and his ears to flick. Uh, you know, boom, he would hit that, and this horse is like, where's that mare? And then the other thing he told me was, take the picture when the horse is breathing in because his nostrils flare, and it makes him look more masculine. I mean, it's just little tricks of the trade like right. that that Tony had that
2: made him so special. Oh, yeah. he And and like you said, he was a larger-than-life figure. I mean, it, we. Um, I think I told you this, too. We're... You know, it's me, and, and there's a lot more than me. It's me, and I originally had two partners, John Adger, who's a bloodstock agent, and Dave Sorrell, who was the CFO at... Uh, at how I met Dave is he was the CFO at Stonerside there in Paris, and the three of us kind of got together. We were trying to find somebody to buy the collection, keep it intact, and, uh, you know, we had it sold a couple times, we thought, and then people were... Um, a little bit afraid of the fact that the guardianship was part of the state, you know, they were afraid of the legal issues of it. And so the three of us ended up buying it ourselves. And that was about five years ago. And, uh, I mean, it's, um, it, has been a, it's, like I said, it's been a, it's been a fun, it's been an interesting thing. It's, uh, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's turned into much more than, I, than any of us had bargained for. It's it's a, It would be a full-time job for any one person. And the problem with, not problem, but the thing with us is all three of us kind of have our own thing going on, so we're not really able to give the time to it that we would like to, but we're, you know, we've done this exhibit. This exhibit came out of uh, the Heatley-Whitney exhibit that we had last year. That was year. great. I loved it. And it, it, was, it was fabulous, and uh, I think some of the board members of the racing hall of fame saw it and then said we should do that one up here in victoria uh at the museum got in touch with with us and i drove up in february met with them showed them some stuff and we decided to do it and that's kind of how this exhibit happens
1: all right now uh, this is probably a long answer so i'll I'll try to make it as tight as i can when, when you've curated over a half a million dollar negatives, this show uh, is the majority the images were shot in Saratoga, although you do have some other Hall of Famers in other locations. H- how did you come up with the selection of what was going to go to Saratoga?
2: Well, um, Victoria, uh, Kate Lawson, who is, I guess you would call our uh, curator, um, cataloger, Uh, she, she's done, she's worked for us for about five years scanning, you know, these images. She sent a bunch of low res files to Victoria to, and Victoria told me that, you know, she thought she laughed when I delivered them. We were talking about this exhibit, how it came to be. And she said, you know, I thought I'd have a hundred, maybe 200 negatives to look at, but I had thousands of negatives to look at. So she had a hard time doing it. Most of these images are in New York. And a lot of them most of them Saratoga, but there are a few that aren't uh there's I think three of Secretariat that are not in New York, and there's three of three cha- of uh three of Seattle's flu that aren't, but the majority of them are Saratoga or New York, and members of the Hall of Fame jockeys people there's interesting images of people as well, you know some of the people who are um, you know part of the uh, part of the racing community. It's, it's, it's a really... We're proud of the exhibit. Well,
1: I mean, you've taken on a massive effort. And as I like you said, you've got a real job. You've got Frames on Maine in uh, Paris, Kentucky, which I'll recommend anybody to go to. You, Bobby, yourself, are one hell of a photographer. I have to tell you that. Uh, but your shop is so... will get...
2: Flattery <laughs> will get you everywhere, John.
1: Well, <laughs> let me tell you, he, he, I... I've told you this before, and I'm letting our uh, listeners know that it's a heck of a place, Paris, Kentucky is absolutely beautiful. If people are going down to maybe uh, do a tour of Claiborne Farm, you're just down the street, actually. Um, it, it, it's a great place, but you also have a lot of Tony's uh, uh, photos uh, on display there, uh, some of his more legendary ones. But what I loved about the show that you had at the, uh, uh, the Whitney Headley Museum was many of the photos are on display were never seen by the public before because Tony had
2: just such a large mass of work. We actually discovered thing, photographs routinely from the negatives that we had no idea. Actually, some of my favorite photographs that, that we've discovered in the last few years, nobody's ever seen. I don't know. You remember the one of them sealing the track at Keeneland with the horses? I love that. The black that and white? Then, yes. That was maybe my favorite image. of it. And we didn't discover that until a month or two before that show opened. So we're doing that on a, you know, pretty routinely. You know, once a month or something, we'll discover something like a jewel. And, uh, but also one thing I wanted to say is, is we are doing a documentary of Tony's life as well. It should start, actually we've already started interviewing people, but that's going to be probably done here in the next year to two years. So that's going to be an interesting thing.
1: Well, absolutely, and uh, I know there's some great people out there that would love, love to produce that for sure, uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that he's had interactions with. Well, uh, I've got to get one story out really quick, and I know i only got about two minutes, my producer's telling me, but – this is a story that Tony said, gee, I forgot to tell people the story, John. You're the first person I told it to. He said, without me, there really wouldn't have been a secretariat. Never would have won the Triple Crown. I said, what are you talking I about?
2: To, I know this story. Go, that's good, yeah. He, he,
1: Penny Tweedy called him up and said, I want you to get a picture of secretariat before the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I just want a nice shot of him at Churchill Downs before the derby. Of course, there's no guarantee you're going to win it. So Tony goes over, tells Lucian Lauren, Eddie Sweat grabs the horse. And there's not a whole lot of pretty places (laughs) at Churchill to take the spot. But Tony had one laid out. And uh, so they had to go through kind of a narrow area. And Tony's walking in front of Secretariat, hits a manhole cover and falls into it. Breaks a couple ribs, injures his collarbone, and Lucian, Lauren, and somebody else had to pull him out of the manhole. Had Tony not fallen into that, four feet behind him was Secretariat. And uh, (laughs) it's just an amazing story. He's like, oh, yeah, I never told anybody this story. Well, he told the people at Churchill Downs because they wanted to kind of hush-hush. He had to go to the hospital, treated him for his ribs. But you know what? Before he left that day to go to the hospital, he still shot
2: Secretariat for Penny Tweedy.
1: <laughs> that's just the oh, kind yeah. of guy yeah. he was.
2: He was he was larger than life. He was an entertainer at heart. And I think that's one of the things that makes his story so unique um, is just being around him. He was he captivated you. Don't you agree? Yep. Absolutely. You're right up to the end.
1: He was singing oh, for yeah, people so in the nursing home to make him feel better, you know? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Was... <laughs> go
2: ahead. Well, I was going to say, and you were there at the Breeders' Cup in 2010. Was he not a, I mean, he was almost 90, he was almost 90 years old then. He was, he had the whole, he was Elvis that day.
3: Oh, oh, oh,
1: girls are coming up and getting their photos taken with him. Cot Campbell's like, will you take my picture with Tony? It's like,
3: yeah, sure, no oh, yeah. problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was larger than life. And Well, Bobby Shifflett, uh, I want to thank you for what you did in preserving uh, the work of what I feel was the greatest equine photographer of all time. Frames on Main is your store. Uh, real quick, uh, before we g- uh, get off, um, the Tony Leonard collection, can I just Google that and will I be able to see his stuff?
2: Sure. We have a website, the Tony Leonard Collection. Yeah, just Google that. And we have an online store uh that is you know, we're getting there. It's not a hundred percent yet, but it's it's getting there. Have you seen the Stallion poster, the confirmation poster yet?
1: Yes, I have and it's sensational. And with that said, I got to go because it looks like my friend okay. Tom Law is on hold and I got to I got to plug other things at Saratoga, kind of like the horses that race there. Bobby Shiflett, thanks so much for joining us tonight on Winning Ponies. Thank you, John. All right, that was Bobby Shiflett. Going to take a break back with one of my main men, Tom Law. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
2: And they're off!
0: What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com. The home of the Easy Win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, porters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Work. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. All right,
1: one of my favorite guys in the game of racing, Tom Law, the managing editor of ST Publishing. It's an award-winning publishing company. He's an outstanding writer. Uh, He uh, is currently the vice president of the National Turf Writers and Broadcasters, which may be outdated with this uh, resume I'm reading, but nonetheless, he's a two-time winner of the Bill Leggett Breeders' Cup Writers' Award, a winner of the Red Smith for the Best Kentucky Derby Story, and he teams up with the Clancy Brothers. That's right, Tom Making's not with him, but Tommy Law is. Tom Law, welcome to Winning Ponies once again. The Saratoga special is steaming.
3: Hello, John. Welcome. Uh, It's great to be on again here on the eve of racing in Saratoga. I'm uh, talking to you right now, literally, from almost the corner of Union Ave and East Avenue and I'm staring directly at the Oklahoma training track. It's still light out. There's a red sky. And, uh, you know, of course, goes without saying the town is pretty excited for the race meet to start tomorrow. Oh,
1: absolutely. It's the best. Well, uh, this is horseracing.com. Write that down, folks. I'll repeat it later. That's where you want to go. You can also do what I've done, and that's sign up for their daily email, I do believe it is, where you'll get the Saratoga special delivered in your mailbox. And uh, Tom's article uh, written... On Tuesday was the Saratoga Special, ready to roll. Tom, if you would, kind of tell us about the team and the attack that you take, because for the next 40 days, you're not going to get a breath or six hours sleep. No,
3: no, uh, I can tell you a little bit about the team and everything, I'll tell you maybe a little bit about my day today, which is one of the most interesting and unique days I've ever had in the history of the Special, and tomorrow promises to be the same, but Our team is basically a core of Joe, Sean, Clancy, and myself. We're kind of the writers and the editors, and we kind of handle a a large chunk of the the writing of the top stakes races and interviews a lot of the interviews with the trainers. We do a thing called the Basic Tip and Table Tour, where we interview a trainer a day about all the horses in their string that they're excited about running in Saratoga and elsewhere. And uh, we do a a lot of other different things. Sean and Joe write uh, brilliant columns. I try to write a column every now and again. I just usually can't due to time and just due to the amount of writing that i write i generally write previews for all the graded stakes races usually almost always the grade one races we preview all the races at saratoga and as i tell people we cover all the races at saratoga we don't necessarily write about them but we have a team of uh seasonal writers slash interns you know slash staff writers that are anywhere from college students that are interested in journalism or interested in racing, or uh, people that are already kind of have a little bit of experience in in journalism or in racing that just kind of want to cut their teeth and get a little bit more experience with us. So this year we have a pretty experienced team back. A lot of kids, I call them the kids, back from last year, and uh, we have a couple new writers as well. We probably have a team of about 15 altogether of writers photographers and uh distribution people and uh we all Sean, Joe and I all handle all of the marketing, all of the ad sales. Uh Joe handles all of the layout of the publication, which he's doing right now. Actually we're almost finished with uh issue number one, which is knock on wood. We're at uh eight thirty nine here Eastern time, which is like I said, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx it. We're kinda at we're like record early done for the first issue. So we're pretty excited. <laughs>
1: Well, and and I do appreciate you coming on. I know I I catch you at your busiest night of the year, but uh, I'd say for the last four years, you've always taken this time out uh, to be with us. Now, while I told everybody where they can go to get the Saratoga Special online, Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. a print paper that's distributed throughout the
3: area. It sure is. We're we're a, a regular print newspaper in uh today's day and age and and we actually find ourselves to be kind of in demand which is also very rare in today's day and age we print uh thursday friday saturday and sunday every week during the meet of course we didn't do thursday because there's no racing today but there's racing tomorrow uh and we do a monday and tuesday edition when the phasing tipton saratoga yearling sale is going on so we uh print a total that's a total of 29 issues for the season And it's available all over Saratoga, everywhere on the front side of the racetrack in the Grandstand Clubhouse and in the stable area. We distribute all the papers to every barn on the track. And then we have the paper all over town in like convenience stores, grocery stores, all the hotels, all the coffee shops, almost all of the top restaurants in town that do brunch, that do breakfast, have our paper. And, uh, there's a lot of different paper boxes as well, like old school paper boxes that you used to be able to put put a quarter in. These ones are just sort of those free kind where you can get like an apartment guide or something like that. We have a bunch of those. And actually I was just talking about my, the uniqueness of my day today. I was up early, did a stable tour with, uh, uh, Mark and Norm Cassie for issue number one, a really good visit with those guys just to tease a little bit of the article, um, I met with the mayor of Saratoga Springs, who's going to be a guest handicapper for us. We're rolling out a new feature this year where we feature a guest or a celebrity, somebody who has ties to Saratoga, on our handicapping page just for a little fun. And then uh, I put out all the paper racks all over the track today. I've been delivering the paper boxes in between, kind of writing and editing stories tonight i got a few more that i got to deliver, one down by the Ben & Jerry's in Saratoga and another one by a popular watering hole, which is right around the corner from our office. And uh, all the while, we're copy editing pages and, and getting ready to send out, like you mentioned, the digital uh, email blast, which you can you can sign up for that on our website. This is horseracing.com. At the very bottom of the page, there's a there's a link that says, like, get, uh, get our newsletter. I wish I had the exact wording of it. On the air here it makes me sound a little foolish that I don't know. Yeah, it's wording, easy but. to find yeah. if I can find it. <laughs> yeah, and we're on social media as well. You can find, fo- you can follow. Uh, Sean is at is at Saratoga Special. You can follow me. I'm Saratoga TL, and uh, Joe is uh, uh, J J J Clancy '67 on Twitter. So we're all on there, and and uh, we post we post a link to the digital paper as soon as it goes up live, and it's almost always the night before. I would say you know ten o'clock. Eastern time is our deadline um, to get the paper to the printer. So we like to have it done by then on most uh, on most nights, a little later on the weekends when there's big cards at Saratoga. Uh, but otherwise, we're, we're usually done, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, by about 10 o'clock every night. Now, Tom,
1: of course, a lot of our listeners, our, our players, are there handicapping selections in the Saratoga special?
3: There sure are, yeah. Um, we have a whole page called Power Grid and it has uh, five different handicappers. Like I mentioned, one of those handicappers this year is going to be a rotating handicapper, uh, a guest celebrity handicapper. I've, I've lined up a, a great uh, roster of guests, and that's going to be fun. And then our lead handicapper is a guy named John Shapazian, and John Shapazian has been, like, the leading handicapper in Saratoga probably maybe four of the last seven years, I think, and he's been the leading handicapper in our paper all four seasons that i've been doing the saratoga special with with sean and joe he's just razor sharp i mean i had 110 wins last year for the meet i think john probably had 135 i mean this guy is just tuned in and he was in the office today like just like a kid in candy store he just gears up for this meet and he he tops all of the other handicappers in the area so he's uh he's great now in the dark days we continue to put our selections up on com, and actually Since we changed our publishing schedule a little bit, we eliminated the Wednesday paper. We just went to the Thursday to Sunday. We're going to really push uh, a lot of our content online. So all our writers are going to be working throughout the weekend, Sundays, Mondays, and Wednesdays. And we're going to put a lot of that content of all the action that goes on at the track up on thisishorceracing.com.
1: Well, speaking of all the action that goes on at the track and the fact that uh, I know you're a boots-on-the-ground kind of guy, I'm going to need some help here uh, starting out with tomorrow. Of course, uh, we've got uh, a, a duet Friday and Saturday, the boys and the girls uh, heading out. I mean, uh, to break your maiden at Saratoga immediately stamps you as an amazing quality horse, but to win a stake there is 10 times better. We've got the Skylerville. Uh, It's currently a grade three, uh, $150,000, six furlongs. I mean, you could pretty much throw a dart at this group, and whoever you came up with, you could make a case for it. I mean, between uh, the trainers, uh, the fact that all these horses are coming into the race often, an impressive win, uh, some at different tracks, uh, an extremely uh, hard race to handicap, so there's value in there. Uh, the favorite's only three to one, buy, sell, hold. Uh, you look at the pedigrees of these horses, uh, they're impeccable. Uh, is, is there any horse in the Schuylerville that rose at the top in the eyes of uh, a Tom Law? I mean, you do have the Kentucky Juvenile uh, winner in there, trained by none other than Steve Asmussen, and that's buy, hold, buy sell, hold.
3: Yeah, I like her a little bit. Obviously, she beat boys uh, in that race, the Kentucky Juvenile, last time. That was derby week, actually, before the rain kind of fell down pretty hard there at Churchill, which I think might have been the last time you and I spoke, uh, at least on the radio. I know we've spoken since then, personally. But uh, she was pretty impressive in there. I'm not really sure exactly how good that field was. But the fact that she did it, she's two for two. She has the benefit of two races versus some of these others that do not. Um, You know, this race is funny because it always has... There always seems like there's a ton of speed and then like the last quarter of a mile maybe the last three sixteenths of a mile the horses always get tend to get really really tired so i kind of want to go for a horse maybe that can come from out of it a little bit maybe a horse that rates so i kind of like Snowfire, which is a tap it philly yes. that uh, mark cassie trains cost five hundred thousand dollars here in saratoga last year kind of rated ran really well in her debut and, and won off pretty easily and then uh, Todd Pletcher's horse on the outside. Todd's won this race many, many times. Uh, stainless. She's a, a flatter filly who obviously has pedigree to gonna go long. And, and she won at Gulfstream. It was kind of, this is an interesting race because you have a lot of horses that have won. A lot of times you would see a lot of just Belmont maiden winners coming and running in this race. But this year you have horses from Parks, Churchill, Woodbine, Laurel, and uh, Gulfstream. So of the, you know, of the eight, nine horses in the race or, or the, yeah, the nine horses in the race, kind of a lot of different tracks that they've all won at.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at it, and that's why it's, it's such a challenge and I guess certainly, uh, uh, would have to compliment both your picks. I guess the one horse I didn't mention is, uh, oh, the horse you said coming in from Woodbine, um, uh, dream it is, uh, Sh- uh Shackleford Philly. Uh, he's been hot of late who, uh, Packed some pretty good buyers, you know, came out with a 66 and then uh, came back as the favorite in the My Dear Stakes up at Woodbine. Of course, it's a different surface, but nonetheless comes into the race touting an 84. That's pretty good for a young uh, two-year-old filly. So it makes for a very, very interesting race. Now, my next question for you, and I'm sure my listeners want to know, is how's the weather looking Friday and Saturday?
3: It's looking good. There's only a very minor chance of, uh, of, uh, thunderstorms tomorrow. I think it was only a 20%. Pretty warm here. Like, I think it's pretty warm everywhere on the East Coast. I think we are a little bit further north, so it's not too bad. It's going to be about 85, I think, tomorrow and sunny. So it's going to be nice. And it looks like the same kind of weather for Saturday. So we're not in the blazing 90 plus heat that I think, you know, the Mid Atlantic and the southern, Midwestern parts of the country are feeling. We've we've had a really slow uh slow to come summer here we had a lot of rain and even just maybe two weeks a week and uh, two weeks to a week before the meet it was like 65 degrees here in Saratoga for a couple days in the middle of the afternoon so uh wow you know yeah so we're, we're just now getting the real heat of the season we've had a pretty a good warm stretch here for about a week or so but uh it's looking like the weather's gonna be pretty good there was some chance of a of a thunderstorm kind of coming through to maybe knock down some of the humidity, but it is, even that isn't, hasn't been too bad of late. It's summer. So, you know, you kind of expect it.
1: Well, it's summer in Saratoga. So you never really know. I've been on days where it yeah, never stopped exactly. raining, you know, or days yeah. that started out beautiful in the fifth race. And I went home in mud boots. So, yeah. uh, y- yeah. y- you, just don't know. Well, I, uh, uh, Lake George is a beautiful place, not far from where you are. By the way, folks, yep. uh, Tom Law was, I believe, raised in Saratoga and uh, moved to Kentucky and is back there now. So he's a guy very familiar with the region. Uh, it's the the Lake George State. Uh, again, we're talking about the, these races are Friday, okay? And um, it, it's a Grade Three, um, mile and a sixteenth, uh, and uh, a very uh, deep. Field, I feel. There's 11 of them that are going to post. Um, Dale Romans has an interesting horse in here in the regret winner, uh, Sweeping Patty. I assume uh, Dale's got a pretty solid shed row up there at Saratoga because I've noticed in the entries that I'm seeing several horses uh, over the next couple days entered by him. Uh, uh, Luis Saez, who was up for the regret stakes, is going to be there. Uh, but then you got Proctor's uh, Ledge, who ran right behind... Uh, sweeping Patty uh, in the re- in the regret. Um, you've got uh, 55, breaking on the inside, uh, just missed uh, behind New Money Honey, who I believe came back and won a stake a week or so ago. So out of the Chad Brown barn, who just won the Belmont title. I don't know how, um, you know the amazing run he's going to have obviously you're going to see uh pletcher and brown uh all day every day there and uh an interesting long shot by the name of fizzy friday who uh fared very well over in ireland uh that's only making its uh, third start in the u.s that uh was in the regret i don't know those are some of the ones that kind of caught my eye what do you think
3: about the lake george yeah it's a good you know it's a stellar race. I think it's really one of the stronger renewals of this race in the last few years you have. And I think it has a good balance. You know, a lot of times you would see Chad Brown would have, you know, two or three in this race, and then there would be, you know, only maybe six horses, but it's a good group in here. Like you mentioned, the two from The Regret, I like both of those horses. Um, And and Mark has, he's got two in here in Victory to Victory and Dream Dancing. Who look pretty good. You mentioned a 55 who, you know, you mentioned New Money Honey, came back and won the grade one Belmont Oaks last weekend. Uh, it, it, you know, Chad Brown, he won 40 races here last year, which was a record, and, and I wrote in a story today that basically the training title goes through the two men you mentioned, uh, Todd Fletcher and Chad Brown, and Chad certainly has a bunch in on Friday and Saturday, same with same with Todd. The horse I do like, actually, a little bit, is a filly named Defiant Honor. She's a uh, yes, yes. full sister to Recepta. Who was a grade one winner. Um, John, uh, Jim Towner trains her. She's 10 to one. Uh, she's the kind of horse we would have probably saw at Keeneland if she didn't have some setbacks kind of at the beginning uh, of the winter and they kind of took their time with her. So they got her training at Keeneland and really got her going and she won going a mile last time out. Johnny V's riding her. She, you know, he'll work out the trip with her. He's ridden her before. And, uh, Jimmy always seems to do well with these Phillips racing partnerships, John Phillips, Darby Dan type horses in races like this at Saratoga. She's 10 to 1 on the line. I have a hard time thinking she's going to be 10 to 1. I wish I, If she does, that'll be a, a good day for me because I kind of like her.
1: Well, you know, Jimmy Toner thought an awful lot of this horse because, you know, after breaking her maiden, he shipped her all the way out to Del Mar to go in the grade 3 Jimmy Durani, uh, where she, uh, you know, led. In mid stretch and just got tired and, and got beat there. Of course, being rested, came back, wins a 77000 at allowance. And man, if you can get 10 to 1 at that one, I'd stick to uh, going to the window. All right.
2: Absolutely. Matt
1: Widener, my producer, is telling me I got five minutes. I know that's putting a okay. lot on your plate there, pal. But uh, the okay. Sanford, as I stated earlier, uh, that was the first time I saw Steve Cawthon on Affirmed and he was nowhere to be seen until the turn, and then it blew him away. Sanford's got a lot of history. Uh, this one's for the boys, and even the odds makers struggled with this one.
3: Whew. This is a monstrously tough race. I mean, the two-year-old, as you know, that this is always a good race in here.
0: Uh,
3: I, the horse I liked in the Tremont was Direct Dial, who I... Got to see Win at, at Keeneland. I really liked the way he won there by too much bling. He kind of attacked. I was prayer. there. I was there that yeah. day. Yes, and he showed speed, and he kind of stopped at Belmont. The, the horse that won, he hate me, is a pretty nice horse. I, I'd like to see where where he winds up. Uh, I think he'll be pretty tough in there. You know, I think uh, you know Admiral Jimmy from Fletcher's Barn. And, and Bow Harbor with Johnny, another horse coming up from Gulfstream. We mentioned the other horses coming up from Gulfstream earlier that he has. Should run pretty well. I know Brian Lynch was really high on, on his horse, Psychoanalyze, which I thought was, uh, you know, 14 to 1. We kind of missed the boat on that one. He's, uh, he's 7 to 2 on the rail, going six prongs, which is a, is a tough spot. I got one of my riders going out to follow up on the 8 horse, Naughty Buoy. Trained by Aaron McClellan, who that's like a this is a classic Saratoga special story. Like who's Ameri- who's Aaron McClellan? We want to find out who she is. So, uh, but if I had to make a pick, I think if I made a pick, I I, I think I could pick Fletcher right now. Bal Harbour, the two with Johnny. So I'm giving you I'm giving you John Velasquez and two two picks so far.
1: All right, and uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, and I got to quickly move on to the next race. But yeah. direct dial a Texas bred. Yeah. Uh, sired by Too Much Bling, who was Ohio Horse of the yeah. Year back in his Absolutely. racing days. All Bad right. The, yeah. the, well, this one, I, I guess we saved this one because we only got like two minutes left, but uh, it's the Diana. Lady Eli's in there four to five. She has been a beaten at Saratoga before in the Ballston Spa, but she hasn't been beaten much in her career, only three times. And if you tally it up, it's like a length and a half during her whole career that she's yes. been beaten. And it looks like, you know, uh, Chad's got her back on her game. She was uh, impressively shipping all the way out to Santa Anita to take the game lead with a 104 buyer figure. Horse who was very impressive in its last start, to just the Just a Game, was Antone. But if the gods are shining down, it should be Lady Eli's race to win. But Tom, you're
3: at Saratoga, the graveyard of champions. <laughs> I've seen her the last few days, and I, you know she's a horse that that trains really well. I think she she's doing really well. She shipped out there to California. You know, maybe you hope that that maybe took a little bit out of her. That was in late May, so she's had plenty of time to recover. But she, it's hard to knock her. I mean, the race she lost here last year was a big time comeback race. She had been off for a long time, almost died, came all the way back, still barely got beat. So I'm kind of lean towards the two horse Antinou, who I re- thought really. Ran a lights out race in the ju- in the Justa game. She's a Judmont filly. Javier Castellano, I think, is probably the best turf rider out there. Uh, you know, she's three to one on the line, and I'm not going to count out Dickinson. I think Dickinson is a, a Philly filly that you know was third in the Justa game, just barely got beat in there. And Paco Lopez seems to know her pretty well. She won the Grade One Jenny Wiley at Keeneland uh, back in April, so she could be an all right price if you're looking for the. The upset for the graveyard champions to get the weekend kicked off
1: <laughs> well my heart will be with lady eli and uh i don't think my money's going to be on anybody else yeah, i think, I think so. uh, but Ant- Antone was very impressive uh in the just a game i have to agree and uh, the handicapper we had on winning ponies that night picked her at uh yeah. over three to one well tom law saratoga special this is horse racing.com got to close the show out uh, kudos to you, the Clancy brothers. <clears throat> I got a minute left quickly for anybody that didn't have a pencil in their hand. When you told them how to get your publication, tell them one more time.
3: Sure. Go to this and you can download the digital edition. Every night there'll be a link right on the front of the homepage. You can also sign up for the digital email blast at the bottom of the page. Uh, check our social media and go, this is horse racing at Facebook. We'll have a link to it on there. All our Twitter feeds at Saratoga special at Saratoga TL at Jay Clancy 67. We'll have all that and more. we got the first issue coming out tomorrow, 28 more, all the way through Labor Day weekend and got all the great, great, great stories in there. All right, Tom. Thanks a million.
1: Uh, maybe uh, 40 days from now, I'll do a follow-up call when you're in the hospital
3: recuperating. <laughs> Let's hope not. I, I usually come out of it okay, knock on wood, and I'm hoping to do the same again this year.
1: All right. We've been talking to award-winning writer Tom Law. He puts out the Saratoga Special with the Clancy Brothers. I want to thank Bobby Shiflet and want to urge everybody, if you are lucky enough to be in the Saratoga region, go across the street to the National Racing Museum Hall of Fame and check out the Tony Leonard Collection. I want to thank my producer, Matt Widener, for keeping me on track and thank all of you listeners and I remind you, there's so much great racing. you got to go to winningponies.com. Pull down the easy win forms, and hopefully you're going to come back a big-time winner. This is a hot time of the year. I'm John Englehart for Winning Ponies. Remember, bet with your head, not over it.
0: Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.